Four. The Long Pause. January 11th, 2023. Dear Dad, I don't know if I've ever felt so damn miserable in my entire life. I was expecting Mom at the airport this afternoon. Instead, it was Andrew waiting for me beyond the security gate. He was holding up a cheesy sign with my name on it. I tensed immediately, my stomach suddenly made of more knots than you'd find on a sailboat. Besides the fact that I had neither showered nor brushed my teeth, nor slept much in the past day and a half, we also hadn't spoken a word since our Norway blowout. He wrapped me in a tight hug. His stubbled chin rested on my forehead as he said, I'm so happy to see you, Kate. I know you were expecting your mom, but I talked her into letting me come instead. It's good to see you too, I replied heavily. The half-hearted words seemed to stick on my fuzzy, unbrushed tongue. Andrew gave me a quick kiss. Instantly, he regretted it. His face screwed up with disgust as he snickered and said, No toothpaste where you came from? No showers either, I said, noticing in the light back-and-forth banter an immediate easing of my apprehension. Or beds, I'm guessing. No offense, but you look a little like something from The Walking Dead. It's a little hard not to take offense at that, but 36 hours of airplanes and airports will do that to a gal, I said. I pulled him into another hug, this time with about 80% heart. In moments, our old, carefree, pre-New Year's relationship returned again. The one we had before all that talk about the future. Extra big tip if you can get me home and into a shower in less than 30, I told him, pulling away from his arms again. Or 45, I guess. Forgot I had to check my bag. The gods must have known I needed a miracle, because my bright blue backpack was the first item to slide onto the luggage carousel. Andrew grabbed it for me. I stumbled at his side to the parking garage and his car, like I'd been bitten by a narcoleptic zombie. The next thing I knew, we were parked in the driveway at home. Andrew had already turned off the Mazda and opened my door by the time I awoke. I know you hate it when people overuse the word literally, but I literally don't think I've ever seen anyone fall asleep faster than that, he said, taking my hand and helping me out of the car. You didn't even have time to put on your seatbelt. Mom was waiting inside with a million questions. By the time I'd answered the first couple, however, she could tell I was in no state for an interview. Why don't you go upstairs, little love? she suggested. Take a shower and a nap. Andrew and I can hang out for a while before you head out to dinner. Dinner? I repeated. Sorry, Andrew apologized. You fell asleep so fast I didn't have time to tell you. But I got us a reservation at Churrasco de Brasilia tonight. Sort of a welcome-home thing. That's super sweet of you, I told him, sensing some of that tension return. But honestly, I'm so frickin' tired. I want to sleep until, like, February. Andrew's grin faltered. He shoved his hands in his pockets and towed distractedly at the carpet. A desperation-tinted note of demand overtook his voice as he said, Well, the reservation isn't until eight. 
Can't you take a break from sleeping to have dinner with me for an hour? I'm just so exhausted. Come on, please, he goaded. Moving on to the guilt trip, he added, I haven't seen you in two weeks. I simply didn't have the energy to argue, so I said, Wake me up at 7.15 and we'll see how I'm feeling. He must have understood from my tone that I was done with the conversation. He nodded his agreement and I dragged my exhausted ass upstairs. One steaming shower later, I was buried a mile beneath my covers and fast asleep. As my vision transitioned from dream world to waking one, it was Mom's face I saw hovering over mine. Her hand was resting gently on my shoulder as I came to and pushed myself into a seated position against the headboard. She brushed my blonde hair away from my eyes and tucked it behind my ear, just like she'd done a billion times during my childhood. Hey there, little love, she whispered with a wink. She's used that nickname for as long as I can remember. It's something of a joke between us now, because of how hard I rebelled against it in middle school. Andrew's still here, I asked, praying for no, but sickly certain of yes. Mom simply nodded. In her staring, sapphire eyes, I read exactly what she didn't need to say. I know, I know, I mumbled annoyedly. I have to go with him. Look, she said, tapping my chest just above my heart. I don't know what's going on in here, but I do know that boy's been dying for you to come home. Most days, he texted me to ask if I'd heard anything from you. He cares about you a lot, Kate. The least you could give back to someone who cares that much is a couple hours at dinner. I simultaneously rolled my eyes and chuckled, then said, Whatever, you're right. You're always right. So annoying. I guess sleep can wait. Yes, it can, she agreed. And it'll also have to wait when you get back home, because other than two pathetically short emails, I haven't heard a thing about your trip. She waggled a finger in front of my disheveled head and added, But right now, you need to do something about this mess. She left, and I gave myself the NASCAR pit stop of personal spruce-ups, wrangling my tangled hair into a ponytail and painting a coat of makeup on myself in about 45 seconds. I hurriedly wrestled myself into a sweater and hoisted a pair of jeans up around my waist. I was aware my appearance wasn't exactly fitting for a date at a fancy Brazilian steakhouse, but compared to the past week, I was dressed like Kate freaking Middleton. Andrew was reading something on his phone when I tromped down the stairs. He glanced up, whistled, and said, You clean up nice. Behind his beaming face, though, I sensed uneasiness, distraction, like someone trying their hardest to smile during a funeral. Ready? I asked, relieved to discover that he was also wearing jeans. A red and white checkered button-down shirt and charcoal gray windbreaker completed his ensemble. Keeping his hands shoved into his coat pockets, Andrew led the way to his steel-blue hatchback. He opened the door for me, a gesture I'd always found genuine and sweet, then jumped in himself and sped us toward the restaurant. We didn't say much as we drove. Attention, palpable enough to raise the hair on my neck, had returned. I knew he felt it too. So? he finally asked. Want to tell me about South America? Chili?
It was... Beautiful, I said. So was my dad's letter. Where are you off to next? He retorted, firing off the question a little too rapidly, as if the bullet had been preloaded into the chamber. It sounded more like an accusation than a genuine question. Nowhere, I replied with an airy sigh. Not yet, at least. He's sending me to Alaska, but that one will have to wait until summer. Andrew's shoulders relaxed immediately. Good, he said. Good, I echoed. The edge in Andrew's voice must have been a super contagion because suddenly I was also infected. Sorry, he muttered, attempting to backpedal as quickly as a cyclist spotting a cliff. It's just, you know, I've missed you. It was only two weeks, I exclaimed through clenched teeth, unable to keep my rising temper from raising my volume. I, uh, yes, you're right, he stammered. The whites of his knuckles clenched around the steering wheel, told me he wanted to argue, to rage, to tell me off. But something deeper, perhaps his overwhelming desire to hang on to me, was suppressing him. In the grand scheme of things, I guess two weeks isn't much. And there it was. Just like that, we were right back to Christmas. In his mind, he had already cemented us as a couple, not only now, but indefinitely. Suddenly, it all clicked. Why he'd come to pick me up at the airport. Why he'd been so adamant we go out for dinner. Why he'd kept his hands shoved into his pockets. He was making sure his valuable secret didn't slip out. There was a ring in there. Andrew was planning to propose. My former nightmares about his secret plan for New Year's Eve were now becoming reality, albeit a week late. I said nothing, just stared over at him. I wanted to soak him in one more time, to assess him and see him as if this were one of our first dates. Handsome? Absolutely. The dusty, wavy hair, the sea-green eyes, the basketball player's frame— it all makes him a magnet for many an undergraduate girl's gaze. Perhaps even a few professors let their eyes drift when he leaves their classrooms. And his personality? Nobody's perfect, of course, but he's charming, able to hold an engaging conversation, witty, hardworking, and generally kind. But now everything was turning cloudy. I wanted so badly to see what I used to see, for my heart to flutter over his warm eyes the way it once did. A piece of that affection was still there, lingering, but a shadow had eclipsed the rest. To Andrew, our future was set in stone, but to me, everything was quicksand. I knew what I had to do. The realization was like swallowing a shot of month-old milk. Instantly, I felt sick. And yet, it had to be done. Andrew, we need to take a break. I won't dig into the rest of the details, Dad, but I've never voluntarily done anything that's made me so miserable. It's damn difficult to watch a grown man sob through your own glassy tears as you apologize over and over for what you know is the right thing to do. Only when he had finally resigned himself to my decision did he turn the car around. We spoke little after that until he dropped me off at the end of my driveway. 
I held him one more time with all my strength, truly not wanting to let him go. But then I did, and Andrew drove away. I know I won't be able to avoid him for long once the new semester starts. The Wyoming campus isn't very big. Sooner or later, we'll run into each other, and we'll have to re-examine our relationship. I hope I have my head straight and my heart back in order when that happens. Andrew isn't the kind of guy who will wait around forever. Nor should he. I guess time will tell the rest of our story. I'll just have to be patient and wait. As for my present role in the story, it continued that night with Mom. When I walked in the door less than 45 minutes after leaving, she realized something was wrong. By now, she knows how I feel about feelings, so instead of asking me what happened with Andrew, she said, Well, are you ready to tell me about your dad's crazy trip? Three hours and a couple glasses of wine later, here I am. No boyfriend. No school or work for the next week. Nowhere to go. Just me and my dumbass overactive brain thinking over and over and over about everything that happened tonight. Maybe you didn't have the ability to see the future after all. If you could, I want you to know you're a real dick for not giving me a distraction. You could have sent me somewhere, like to the moon or Mars or maybe the sun. Anywhere would be better than my current circle of hell. If you do have any ideas, send me a sign ASAP. Love, your drained little girl, Kate. January 30th, 2023 Dear Dad, I had more or less given up on ever hearing from Franco again. After all, I gave him my contact information but didn't receive any in return, and you can't exactly look up Torres Guard Shack in the white pages. Then, out of the blue, he emailed me today and said he'd been considering my offer. A few weeks of deliberation apparently convinced him to take the plunge and join me in Alaska this summer. It'll be nice to see him again. This may sound stupid, but during our short time together, I felt like I was walking and talking with a kindred soul. Maybe Franco is my spirit animal. So that's one thing I've got going on. The other is that I saw Andrew yesterday. It was the first time since I hit pause on our relationship. Like I already said, it was inevitable. Campus isn't large enough to hide me forever. We didn't speak or anything. I just caught a glimpse of him from a distance. I know this might come across weird, or maybe even hypocritical, but my heart rebroke a little. It almost feels like my best friend died three weeks ago, and I'm the one who killed him. I confided so much of myself to him, and now he's gone. Free. Cut loose. Technically, I guess I told him we needed to take a break, but for some reason it feels so much more permanent than that. It had to be done. For both our sakes. I know that and no part of me doubts I did the right thing. Doesn't make it any easier. I put together a box of his things a couple days ago. You know, the kinds of random knickknacks you borrow and share and mingle together over the months. Movies, sweatshirts, books, coffee mugs, 
Soon I hope I'm a little less of a damn coward. Then I may actually work up the courage to call him and arrange an exchange. Lord knows he's got plenty of my stuff, too. Part of me wants to think meeting up could pave a road to reconciliation. Deep down, though, I know that isn't going to happen. I know that shouldn't happen. Anyway, I just wanted to give you an update about these goings-on. I have no idea how much longer this journal needs to last, since the extent of your scavenger hunt remains a complete mystery to me, so I guess I better cut this short before I start wasting too much paper. I'm sure I'll still check in once or twice before Alaska, but those entries may be few and far between. It's not as though I don't care about you, of course. But if these pages are our connection somehow, our Bifrost, I don't want to squander them on the mundane details of college life. Love, your patiently waiting for more little girl, Kate. February 7th, 2023. Dear Dad, Today was the day. I finally screwed up the courage to arrange the exchange with Andrew. He came by my dorm with a box of my things, where I was waiting with a box of his. We chit-chatted for a couple minutes about nothing, and he went on his way. I guess I expected more drama, maybe even a bit of a fight from him. But he seemed resigned to the fact, if not a touch defeated. It could be that, after the dust settled, he also realized something about our relationship was off. There was that lingering part of me that wanted to admit I was wrong, a voice inside screaming that we should get back together. I'm not sure, though, if that voice is the real me. I think it's the insecure part of myself, that corner of my soul which knows Andrew means a comfortable future. But there is an even more powerful beast inside me, and she is the one calling the shots now. She knows Andrew is safe, but she also knows that doesn't necessarily make him right. Whatever the case, it means I have my Mean Girls DVD back, along with a couple coffee mugs and the copy of my favorite book, East of Eden, which I stole from your old bookshelf. Looks like my Friday night activities are set. Does that make me a loser? Other than a few odds and ends, there was nothing else valuable or important inside the box. Makes me wonder why I wanted my stuff back so badly. On a subconscious level, maybe I simply wanted to talk with Andrew one more time. God, I'm confused. When I read what I've written so far, I kind of hate myself a little bit. Oh well, onward and upward from here. I'm counting down every day until Alaska. Love, you're impatiently waiting for more, little girl. Kate March 31st, 2023 Dear Dad, I miss writing to you. I'm trying to conserve the blank pages of this journal, but in doing so, I have a daily sense that something important keeps slipping past me. I could buy myself another journal and write more, but the very idea of it feels wrong, like I'm cheating on the one you gave me. Today, however, was important enough to send you a quick note because I finally bought my ticket to Anchorage. I'm leaving June 18th, which should put me in Denali for the solstice. I've read so much about the Midnight Sun 
and the eternal day of summer. Seeing it for myself will be an experience to remember my whole life, I'm sure. In other news, Franco and I have been emailing regularly over the past month. We've even video chatted three times now. Turns out he's rather handy when it comes to planning these types of serious backpacking trips. His current plan is to meet me in Anchorage. He's renting a car at the airport there, and together we'll drive to the park. Once he's helped me find your letter, I'll move on to the next leg of the scavenger hunt while he stays in Alaska. He decided to extend his trip so he can camp and backpack and sightsee longer. Afterward, who knows? Franco has already determined that he will resign from his Torres Ranger position at the beginning of summer. Apparently, our mountain trail conversation was one he couldn't kick out of his mind, even after I left. He doesn't know the exact changes his life needs at this point, only that changes are needed. His hope is that a couple distractionless weeks in Alaska will provide the clear headspace required to discover the next path he should walk. Emma, of course, is convinced Franco is simply in love with me. According to her, I'm the sole source to blame for his confusion. She came up to Laramie last weekend to visit, which is how we found ourselves at a wine bar on Friday night. Once Vini Vidi Vino's cheapest Moscato had washed away my feelings filter, I started telling her all about Franco. Big mistake. Emma looped her fingers through that buttonhole and refused to let go. Ooh, sounds sexy, she exclaimed cheerily. Also, you suck. You went to South America, got yourself a Latin lover, and didn't even tell your best friend? Whoa, slow down like half a second, I said, already regretting that I'd opened my stupid mouth. I never said this was a love thing. Emma waved dismissively and replied, Oh, please, he's obviously in love with you, Kate. He wouldn't commit to such a long and expensive trip if he only had friend feelings for you. We haven't spent enough time together for that, I countered, beginning inwardly to rebuild my defensive walls. Sure, we get along, but that doesn't mean much. I get along with lots of people. Doesn't automatically mean love. Besides, I still don't know where things stand with Andrew. She rolled her eyes and scoffed playfully. Yes, you do, she said. It's been three months. You already traded your stuff back. If you were getting back together, you would have done it already. She leaned toward me and lowered her voice to a more serious timbre. Trust me, Kate. It's time to move on from domestic boys. Spend some time south of the border. I should have expected this exact reaction from her. Emma has always been a dive-right-in sort of person. If you weren't already able to deduce by all my other heel-dragging episodes in this journal, I travel through life heeding its caution signs. Better safe than sorry, right? Don't be gross about it, you perv, I said, kicking her lightly. I read into her south-of-the-border comment exactly what she'd intended. We'll see how it goes when I spend a few days in Alaska with him. That's all I ask of you, Emma replied. Then, brightening up, she added, And if things don't work out for you, you can give him my number. I'd be more than happy to take him off your hands. Or off any other parts of you.
Following the millionth roll of my eyes, I moved the conversation along to topics less personal. Truthfully, I'm still unsure where I stand with all this Franco business. But I am certain of one thing. You would have liked him, Dad. He has an adventurous spirit and a kind heart, just like the person writing to me in all your letters. And, if I'm being totally honest, he's pretty easy on the eyes. Emma got that right, at least. Sorry, I know dads prefer not to hear their daughters talk about boys. But I'm beginning to think that, with Franco, I might be regaining some of the closeness and camaraderie I lost in Andrew. Obviously, it's too early to know much with any degree of certainty. I mean, I've only spent a grand total of one day with the guy, but there might be some potential. You don't have to worry, though. I'll make sure he keeps his hands off me when we're alone in the Alaskan wilderness. We'll probably be so busy fighting off bears and wolverines and shit that he won't have any time to try any of Emma's south-of-the-border funny business. All right. One more class and then I'm home for the weekend. Mom says she has news and wants to tell me in person. Love, you're nervous that Mom has a boyfriend, little girl. Kate April 1st, 2023 Dear Dad, I have some bad news to break to you. Are you sitting down? Can you sit down up there? If not... Just lean back against a cloud and listen. My fears were confirmed this morning when Mom took me out for brunch at Pete's Diner. Turns out our table for two was actually set for three. Mom was as cute as a dewdrop on a baby bunny's nose the whole time. I could tell she was nervous for me to meet her new suitor, which I knew meant she must like him an awful lot. She fidgeted back and forth in her chair, sharing interesting facts about him and his kids and his career, trying to stimulate conversation between me and him by pointing out mutual interests. Once brunch was finished and we'd stuffed ourselves silly with waffles and pancakes and biscuits with sausage gravy, Mom and I got in the car to head home. No sooner had we left the strip mall's parking lot than she calmly asked what I thought about him. Maybe, before I share my review with you, Dad, I should tell you a little about him. His name is Gary Gorshetsky. He's a couple years older than Mom. I'm guessing Polish? He has salt and pepper hair, dark blue eyes, a scruffy beard. And I hate him so much! Why is Mom ruining my life? At least, that's what I'm supposed to say, right? When Mom gets herself a shiny new boyfriend and he isn't my dad... Like, how could she betray you, her one and only true love, as if you meant nothing to her at all? I promise that's how I wanted to feel when I met him. I desired nothing more than to hate his stupid guts and declare that he'd never be good enough for Mom because he'd never be as good as you. But damn it if I didn't like the guy. Oops. Maybe my soft spot comes from the fact that he's a widower who lost his wife to cancer six years ago. He also happens to work in the Denver Broncos marketing department and can get us into games for free. So that little perk might have played a teeny tiny role in my affinity for him. Either way, I walked away from the brunch completely emptied of my misgivings. He seems like he has his life put together well, and I can see in his smiling eyes how much he cares about Mom. 
Plus, he has a pair of daughters who are two and four years older than me. So if things work out, it means I finally get the sisters I asked Santa for when I was little. Sorry if you're taking all this as a betrayal. You can disown me, disinherit me if you want. But I haven't witnessed that glow on Mom's face for as far back as I can remember. The only time I've ever seen it is when I look at pictures of her with you. So as far as I'm concerned, that glow counts for an awful lot. She's given you a proper mourning period, Dad. Twenty years is a good long while to hold on to someone. And even though I know she'll never fully let you go, she deserves a living companion with whom she can share her life and heart. And her delicious food. So I guess you'll have to deal with it, Dad. Besides, you have all eternity to get over her. So I'm sure you'll be cool with it. Sooner or later, right? Because if not, you'll be angry and upset for a long, long time. Love your treasonous little girl, Judas Brutus Benedict Arnold Iscariot. May 5th, 2023. Dear Dad, If the book of Andrew were still an unfinished chapter in my life, this morning it was shut for good. I was hurrying across campus between classes, not paying much attention to my surroundings. At the exact moment I was about to enter Ross Hall, who comes bursting through the door? None other than Andrew himself, in the flesh. He wasn't alone, giggling, grabbing on to his upper arm. Was University of Wyoming swimming superstar, national championship runner-up, Angela Martinez. She's probably a good two inches shorter than me, but in her lean, muscular, golden-curled shadow, I felt like a toddler staring up at a teacher. Andrew was caught off guard, too. He choked out his words before I could beat him with my own. Jerk. Kate, hi, he exclaimed, a little too enthusiastic to be genuine. I haven't seen you for a while. How's it going? My reply was interrupted before it began, as Little Miss, not quite good enough for gold, waved and announced quite cheerily with all the confidence of a car salesman, I'm Ange. I don't think I've met you before. It took every nanoparticle of my willpower not to go for the throat. Plastering on my sharkiest grin, I replied, I'm Kate. We actually took intro to meteorology together freshman year. I couldn't stop myself from adding, Andrew and I dated for a while, actually. An expression of irritation, mixed with a dollop of fear, painted itself across Andrew's face. He chuckled nervously and said, Yeah, for a little while. Nothing serious, though. The feral, jealous hide within me, whose residual affections for Andrew had frequently led me in the direction of bad decisions the last four months, almost did it. I almost called him out for the ring that sat unused in his coat pocket that January night. I almost gloated to this sexy swimming sensation that he would be engaged to me if I hadn't broken his heart. But I had no right and I knew it. So, instead, I simply said, I wish I could stay and catch up, but I've gotta be at class in like 20 seconds. And, with that unceremonious dismissal, I swept past them and into the building. I didn't go to class. 
Want to know what I did, Dad? I went to a bathroom and cried, as if I were the one who had gotten dumped. As if I were the one about to pop the question that night, only to have him ice our relationship. The heart is a complicated muscle, I guess. Even if given the choice now, I don't think I'd go back to him, and yet my chest hurt like a stabbing victim when I saw him with someone else. If I'm being honest, it still hurts now. And so, once I'm finished writing this to you, I've decided I'm moving on. For good. I don't know where I'm headed other than Alaska, but the Andrew baggage is staying behind. In a few days, I'll leave this campus, maybe for good. Andrew will graduate and matriculate into the working world, and it'll be like our paths never even crossed at all. It's time for the old chapter to end and for my new chapter to begin. Where it takes me, I don't know, but I'm excited to find out. And, Dada, despite my present sadness, I'm absolutely, positively certain about one thing. The best is yet to come. Love, your determined little girl, Kate. June 17th. 2023. Dear Dad, All right, finally, back to the main thing. T-minus 1,100 hours until my blast-off from Denver International to whatever the hell the Anchorage airport is called. My bag is more packed and I'm more ready to go than John Denver himself, although I hope my plane fares better than the last one he boarded. Too soon? I can't remember the last time I would describe myself as giddy with excitement, but that's exactly where my anticipation of continuing your scavenger hunt has reduced me. It feels like I had to wait a million months for this. During that time, both night and day, my obsession with your trip has swallowed up all my free time. I'm pretty sure my brain has downloaded an entire volume of Google search information. That's how much I've read and learned about my next destination. Even my dreams are filled with one thing and one thing only. Alaska. Okay, maybe two things. Some of my nervous excitement might be related to Franco. Since closing the book on Andrew, I've opened my heart a bit wider to my Chilean travel buddy. We've talked about lots more than planning our trip at this point. He may still be guarded, but I've gotten to learn more about his childhood and upbringing. I can recognize that there's plenty he keeps hidden from me, but maybe a few days alone in the Alaskan outback will crack this tough nut wide enough to get to the good stuff inside. Sorry, that sounded way grosser than intended. Mom is anxious about the trip. Apparently, the bears of Denali sound more threatening to her than James and Sarah and the jolly orcas. Gary, who himself is an avid outdoorsman, has stood up to her on my behalf. He assured her that, as long as we aren't stupidly storing food in our tents, or trying to take selfies with their cubs, the bears couldn't be less interested in us. She hasn't appreciated that side of him very much. Truth be told, she doesn't care so much for you right now either. But I'm 21, and she's powerless to stop me. Mwahahaha! 
It'll be all the irony when I do get eaten by a bear on the very first night. Okay, time to hit the hay. Big, big day tomorrow. I should have been in bed an hour ago. Love, you're too excited to sleep, little girl. Kate <laughs>